everybody. And we're back. <laughs> yes, we are. And a lot to talk about this week. Episode four. Here we are. So, everyone out there, welcome to Cold Pop. Yes. You are listening to a cool, crisp, refreshing take on the world of pop culture. I'm Trenton Rashad. And I'm Marcus Drew Steele. And let's get into this this week. Yeah, we have so a lot much. to talk about. I feel like we have a lot to talk about. We really you and do. I have not been around each other uh, for the past couple of days. And so we really haven't had a chance to catch up. Let's do that this weekend. What the hell happened? Yeah. So what the hell did happen? Um, I was gone. I, right. I need I to know was, like what happened. How was I the weekend? Was out. And so I, uh, for all the listeners out there, I went back to my old Kentucky home this weekend. I visited home for the Mother's Day weekend as well as I had a couple of things to do with, um, I had the, you know, the summer college tour that I'm planning as well mm-hmm. as I had a wedding. And so I really had a full weekend. I saw it the photos. Was, it was action packed. Thank you very you much. You didn't do the V-neck. I, I didn't do the V-neck. I decided to be a little bit more classy based. And give the girls something a little bit more regal. You gave them that collar. Um, so I gave them a nice the collar. Um, <laughs> but I had a good time. Number mm-hmm. one, uh, where was Al Roker when you needed him? I should have <laughs> checked the weather. It was hot as hell back in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think the temps were like probably like high 80s. So like 89, 88. It was cold here. Those were the highs of um, the whole weekend. And I did not have one short, one tank. None of that. Pants and long sleeve shirts. Really nice pants, really Mm -hmm. nice long sleeve shirts. I had one V-neck that I chose not to wear for the wedding, but um, you know, it came out. It came out okay. I had a really good time back at home. It's always good to see family, catch up with friends, Mm -hmm. those types of things. Once again, the celebration was added because there was a wedding uh, that was there, so I had a really great time with that. And then Sunday for Mother's Day, we had a big, huge blowout for my mom and all of the other mothers in my family, and we kind of threw a big barbecue block party um, in the parking lot of our restaurant. You know what it reminds me of? The uh, why every time I look at the window, they always barbecuing. That what the hell was us. all this meat. Exactly. Every day can't be a barbecue, honey. <laughs> and that was us this uh, this this weekend. So we had a really, really good time. Um, I got to go and catch up with not only some friends, but also some family that were in town as well. So mm-hmm. that was always good. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's good to be back, finally. I'm glad to be back, you know, with me being, you know, kind of nonstop on the go she since Thursday gone. night. <laughs> I, and I know. But since me being on the go since Thursday night, I really didn't get a chance to catch up like on my big, important shows. And so mm-hmm. on the way back here, I was trying to catch up on, you know, Drag Race and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was uh, that was an experience for me. Um, and I right now want to quickly take a moment, a moment of silence. I'm going to just pour out a little bit for my homies. Um, the Vixen and Monique Hart. So over the past two weeks, two of my top queens left the competition. And I was it was so sad because if you remember my predictions back a couple episodes ago, I was like, it's about to be just all the blonde head girls going home. Finally, we just getting their ass out of here so we can go ahead and, and get really real with this competition. And you know what? Both of my girls went home. And so big ups to the Vixen as well as Monique Hart, who both, I think, did well in the competition. But... I would say it's safe to say that it was a fair decision mm-hmm. uh, with both of their eliminations. I got to say, my predictions still stand. I, I think I've got I've watched this long enough to like know how this plays out. 
And my predictions are still very valid. I think I said my top three was Eureka Monet and that Cameron Michaels was going to slide through in there. And here we are, top six, top seven or whatever. Cameron Michaels is still, she's, oh, hey, this is what I wanted to tell you. She is moving along just like we had said. Yeah, and we said, and I said, Cameron Michaels has gone through the school of Marcus and Trent. Of just flying under the radar and kind of coming in at the last piece. And, and I see that. And I think that that's yeah. good. Um, you know, big ups to Cameron Michaels. She's you know, she's doing from the South, from Nashville. Um, but I don't know if I see her necessarily winning the competition. She's not going to win. But, yeah. I, I mean, clearly the top three is going to be a Eureka, a either or Miss Cracker or Aquaria, and maybe Monet. Monet's looks are not very like solid. And we're gonna see what happens with all of these girls. Um as far as, you know, these queens going home and us being left with these once again, we're seeing all of these top queens go home who can we know really can bring it in terms of the lip syncs and these but girls not on the challenges. <laughs> Anyway, that's all I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna sip my little tea and just let that be that. I'm with the sound effects tonight, so you just really be prepared. Okay. I really have been um, listening to these episodes, okay. and I'm really t- ready to take it up a notch with the sound effects. <laughs> just call me Danny Elfman, uh, Steven Spielberg, because they're gonna get them all night tonight. Um, well, for me, for my weekend, I, I didn't really do much. I actually filmed. A short this Saturday when I nice. went to the north suburbs. Rode the Metro for the first time this weekend. Wow. I honey couldn't tell me nothing. Thought I was first class all the way. On the Metro though? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> all okay. the way. Um, It was good. It was cool. I got to play killer. You know, I got to kill somebody. Um, a good little short. Very chill. Very quick. You know, we knew our lines. You know, got to know your lines. We busted it out several times. Very um, professional. Yes, professional very professional. Fish. Ready. Come to set ready. Oh, no, Prepared. Right. You know, but other than that, I kind of chilled the rest of the weekend, caught up on some TV shows. I saw a bunch of TV shows that got canceled and I campaigned for Brooklyn Nine-Nine that got canceled. Oh, you were one of those. I was one of those. And then it got brought back on NBC. So we won, guys. We won. We did that because Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a, for anybody who's seen it and has like been a fan since season one, like I have. Very funny show. It's a very diverse show. And they actually have a couple of LGBTQ characters that are really fleshed out and not a gimmick and not a stereotype. And like actually, um, not, what am I trying to say? They they add to the storyline, mm-hmm. to the plot. You know, they're not just set in there to just yeah. say that we have an LGBT character or something like that. Andre Brower is amazing. Yeah. He's great. And he, he plays a gay character. Mm-hmm. And so I love it. I think it's good. I'm glad that, you know, it got picked up. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Wait I think. No, no, no. And that's no shade. Right that's no shade. Let me stop you right there. No, that's no shade. Hold but I, I really am glad. I hope, I hope that with the move, everything that was with the show, the team that was with the show, I hope all of that is able to come along with the show. I think what we've seen in the past is that sometimes when shows move networks, right. teams change, right. the creatives, you know, all of that gets switched around, altered. There's a musical chairs, maybe some, even some slight recasting that comes along. Oh, and no, that no, formula, no. that formula can sometimes be a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. I.e. Uh, the game. I.e. <laughs> you know, so, that is a perfect example. But you know, I mean, some of those shows, I mean, and there are more, I could go on, but, I think hopefully everything is able to continue on with 
uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I got to tell you something that I thought you would think was very funny because after that happened and they were like, oh, NBC pulled through, somebody shared a tweet and was like, why is Catherine McFree running to go put on her Marilyn Monroe wig? <laughs> 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 and and yes. trying to get somebody. I said, sure. y'all better come on, smash. I came up, let me be your star. I'll, oh, yes. I somebody said, Catherine McFree is running to go get that Marilyn Monroe wig right yes. now. I've because got- they said, honey, NBC who? I know, that's right. Fox, do you hear me? Come on, because Fox has been looking for a musical show. Right. And let's do away with Fox all of this. Fox has too many musical let's shows. Let's do away right with all now. this Empire and Star and bring back Smash. Now, that's the real one. That's so, Now, we could do that. I thought that was hilarious. I laughed like out loud at that. Mm. I thought that was funny. That's all I have, though. I'm just kind of chilled, you know. Okay. You know, kept to myself. Did, did a little soul searching. Did a little okay. um, writing on the book. You know, okay. trying to be productive. So that was about it. All right. Well, good, good. Let's move on to the next segment. It's a new segment, right? New segment today. Yes. Yeah, okay, switching we it got? up. Switching it up on you hoes. All right. All right. Chicken, chicken. Chicken heads. Chicken, chicken. Chicken heads. Those for my nasty hoes. Yeah. All right. So we are doing a new segment called Old School versus New School, where we compare and contrast the ways of the old school or versus the new school and how the way that things may be done or certain products or certain, um, you know, certain things, whether it be within pop culture, or just whether it be within life. This week, we're tackling life. So with my trip back home, I got to observe a lot of different things. And this is why I wanted to talk about this a little bit tonight. So with raising kids, I think you would agree with me if I would say that there is an old school way that goes about raising kids, especially within the black community. And there's a new school way that goes with raising kids. I wouldn't even say in the black community. I would just say in general, there's an old school way of parenting and a new school way of parenting. I agree. To describe each, I would say probably the old school way of parenting is that the child really doesn't have a lot of choices. The child is more so told what they're going to do, what they're going to be you know, involved in what it is, their responsibilities, chores, those types of things. I think what we've seen with a lot of this new school way with younger parents, things like that, is that, you know, parents are allowing children to make their own decisions and trying to kind of have that that autonomy and, you know, self-authorship. Mm-hmm. This past weekend, I, feel like I, said, I was I able to see <laughs> um, both ways of parenting, for mm-hmm. sure. And drawing on my experience, I would say I was for sure a product of old school parenting. So was I. But this weekend, in particular, there was one instance um, in which (laughs) a family member exercised a new school way of parenting that I felt like was a little bit problematic. Um, So basically, to kind of not put anyone out there, but to kind of really quickly summarize what was happening was I gave a child a directive to, I, I told them to go do something that all of the other kids were doing. I told them to go and join. Now, keep in mind, this child. Um, How old is the child? Right. He's 15. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. Wait, I'm sorry. He is 13. Okay. Okay. But there were 15 year olds, 16 year olds that were getting up to help mm-hmm. with what the directive was. And so I was telling all of the kids, I was like, okay, all the kids, let's go do this. The little 13 year old was like, no, I'm not doing that. And I was like, <clears throat> wait, hold on. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Is this thing on? Because I just told you to do something. Right. Um, and it was like, no, no, I'm not going up there. 
well, yes, you are going up there. And like the parent who is right here sitting side by side is just silent. Like no words, honey, crickets. Okay. Crickets, insert cricket noise. They heard this They heard this exchange. exchange. Okay. They heard this exchange. And Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, you should go up there and... So it was so child, when they said it, it was more like a well. If you feel like it, it you was like go a, oh, there. like you should do that. Like oh, that would be the right thing to do. Not a get, get your, your ass, ass up, up there. right. It was not that, which you know that we would have gotten. Right. And for me, I was just like, whoa, like wait, what happened mm. in this moment? So at that moment, I kind of just left it because I didn't want to jerk this child up right. in front of his parents. I knew it was going to be a problem. Once again, we are all family, but you know, Not don't put your family. hands. Yeah. Don't put your hands on anybody else's child. So right. I just kind of left it at that moment. I went back to follow up with the child in a conversation later. Now, keep in mind, he's about thirteen years old, so he so understands. I, he understands, yeah. and I basically had a real conversation with him. I said, "Look, bud, like you have to understand, you are now at an age where that kind of shit is not cute anymore." All right. Where, you know, it might have been cute to blow an adult off or to kind of come back with like a sassy remark. Like those days are past. And as a young man, you need to start stepping up if you have a certain responsibilities. I wasn't asking you to do anything that none of the other kids were not doing. Right. Kids who are even older than you were doing this. And so you should be able to, you know, put whatever you have aside, whatever ego or whatever that is to aside to go Try up and cool. help. Right. Take off that cool hat mm-hmm. and go do it. I asked you to do. Mm-hmm. You see, I just bleep myself. Right. Once again, the sound effects. The sound effects tonight are real. But with that, I say all of that to say that I do understand the new way of allowing students. Of I keep on saying students because I work right. in education, but allowing kids mm-hmm. to make their own choice and to have that autonomy. But where do we draw the line when it comes to that? Okay, so. <laughs> I, I've seen this a lot and like I've seen this all online and so just for starters for context again we've grown up you know, I'm we're 80s babies right I, I've like, grown up an age where this no I'm not asking you to do this I'm right, telling you to exactly do this. and exactly. so you need to go do it and obviously if I chose not to do that there were repercussions which included some whooping slash yeah. you know and and that was fine back in the day back in the day. God, it feels so old. But um, no, yeah, like you know, my my mother. I do know. Um, yes, my mother I do. does not play. Right. Okay. And she got that from her mother, my grandmother, who did not play. Mm-hmm. When we used to stay at my grandmother's house, and we didn't do what she told, she snatched us up in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And when we got home, and my mother found out that we did not do what my grandmother told us to do, we got snatched up again. Yeah. And then when my father got home come on, come and on. found out Speak that we didn't do that come what on, my grandmother preacher. did, and that my mom snatched us up, he snatched come us on, up one exactly. more time just to make sure that it got through. Quick story. Back when I was, like, super young, um, my brother and I, we this before my sister was born or whatever, and we were uh, living in some apartments. Like, we we moved back and forth from Bowling Green to Russell in Kentucky a couple of times. Okay. So the first time we were in Bowling Green, I think it was when I was in second grade. And um, we had get, my mom was watching me and my brother. We had got to this big argument. And me and my brother said, oh, well, we're about to run away. Like, forget you. Okay. This is whack. Like, we literally, <laughs> like, left the house, no shoes on. You better run. Empty bag. Ran all the way up the apartment complex. My mom comes outside and is like holding the belt in their hand. 
yelling at us, and we're like looking. And you know, I don't know. My brother let my brother tell it. He was like, we should have just kept going. But I like, we gotta go back. Yeah, and so going back was like the worst mistake of our <laughs> lives. Not only did we get beat by my mother, but when my father got home, like he had already known what had happened because you know, mom was right. I can't do the little. Can I speak to James, please? Can I speak to James, please? Hello. Well, guess what your kids did? So when he got home, shit went down. So that's just how it was. And nowadays, I see like kids. Take for example, I work at a theater part time. I see no offense, but I see white kids like just running all over the place. Like their pair or pair the younger kids in this new generation let their kids do anything, mm-hmm. you know? And it's a choice. It's like, are you sure that's what you want to do? Okay, well, I'm going to let you do that and let you make your own decisions then. I'm like, what? It's crazy to me because, and I think, I mean, you mm-hmm. said, you know, you said white kids, but I'm also seeing this group yeah, of black, black parents, yeah, black parents younger too, black so. parents of giving this, this kind of laissez-faire mm-hmm. um, way of parenting and letting them make their own decisions. You know, for me, I didn't necessarily have a lot of autonomy until, I think, until, you know, it was, like, well into my teens. Like, right. I, I mean, like, and I'm talking about, like, 17, 17 18. 18. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, 17, 18, mm-hmm. I started to get a little bit of that leash let up mm-hmm. for me. But, I mean, going back before then, my mom could, my mom or dad could give me a look. And, and I would... Know. And yeah. I would jump to whatever was yep. needed or whatever, you know, had to happen. Now, a sassy comment might come under my breath or I was good for going upstairs and cussing <laughs> out my parents in the yeah. mirror. I was so good for that. Like, I was the Who best. Has not done that? I was the best silent cursor outer <laughs> in life. Like, if there was a competition in doing that, like, I, I used to excel. curse them under the, I used to curse them under the house. We've all been there. But in a, a very silent film kind of way. <laughs> like a mind. Yes. Like the artist. <laughs> I mean, very, uh, very much so. But I just, it really, it takes me back to a couple of different things. I do understand that there are pros in allowing them to have that autonomy, teach them how to make decisions for themselves. And letting them, you know, necessarily not necessarily having to answer to anyone. But with that being said, they are going to have to answer to someone right. in their That's adult life. Say. They're going to have to answer so to someone eventually. you really are setting them up, for in, my, in my opinion, to have some hard lessons that they have or to learn. Or not needed entitlement. Yeah. Right. They're going to have some mm-hmm. hard lessons to learn once they reach that, that adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other piece of it, which is really disheartening for me, is that, you know, the parents, so our parents who are now grandparents, right. are kind of taking back seats to some of this mm-hmm. and like seeing it, but not, not necessarily commenting on it. And for me, that's like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean, mama? Like, you would have jerked my ass up. You would have knocked me 20, 2,000 notches in the air. I'm not in my head because I've had this exact same and conversation it's just like, with my mom. And, you know, my mom's like, they got a daddy. They got a mom. Like, I'm, uh-uh. Like, uh-uh. I done raised my kids. Mm-hmm. That's, and I get that attitude. And I get that, I get that, that school of thought. But. You know what it is? It's the fact that nowadays parents are scared to put their hands on kids because of social media. Because. 
now there's this, you know, this threat or this harm that, you know, oh, well, their kids can be taken away or, you know, people look or frown upon, you know, any types of physical punishment or anything like mm -hmm. that. It's just like that video I showed you. The video of, of the kid and woman. And she was like, well, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to put my hands on them and then somebody take my child away? And, you know, the child is just sitting there cursing out all of these adults. And I'm like, is anybody going to do anything? You know or what? what are we going to do here? What no. are we going to do? Mm -mm. Forget all of that. I know I will... I'm going to do a workshop on how to Child. beat your kid Correctly. and be undetected. <laughs> um, because, I mean, there are ways there to go about, you know, putting fear into your child. Sometimes you don't even have, you don't have to hit your child. And like, I think that that's sometimes such a cop out of like, well, if I put my hands on them, I'm going to No, there are certain ways to go about doing that. That doesn't require any type of physical, right. any kind of, any type of like physical punishment or anything like that. It's about being able to have real life conversations with your child, but also using tactics to let them know that you're not necessarily playing and that you need to be taken seriously. Things have just changed so much. Like having this conversation, I just, all of these memories come up. Like there was a time where me and my mom got into a knockdown drag out fight. And like, again, you know, my mother, my mm -hmm. mother is like that one. <laughs> yeah. Like she grew up in a house full of boys and she raised a house full of boys. And so I remember one time, my, me and my mom went to an argument, and like we were literally like in each other's face, and like she was not backing down. See, and, like, I wouldn't she, have got to that part. But, but like we were, we were really, really, really doing it. And you know, you know, I you're got, just a little bit more bolder than I am. Well, you know, when, know, as soon as Vic came home, it was a wrap. Mary Joyce would have. It, I wouldn't even got to because he a was. Book. He was like, "Oh, so you want to get in your mom's face? Get in my face now!" And right. and so and I was like. Oh, like no no you you so big a ball to get in your mama's face you know then we got into like a, there's been so many times so many times so yeah, many like times. i think yeah but it's, it it really did put me in a place in terms of what how i would raise my kids um how would you that was yeah, the next so question that's, about to ask. yeah that was my question for you? you too okay um i think that i am going to be a um i think i'm going to be a combination of both mm -hmm. for me i think it's important to to know that my child um, is going to respect me, right? And if I give it, you know, if I give a command, if I tell them, if I give them something, there should to be do, no hesitation. There's going to be no questions, mm -hmm. no questions asked. Okay, but I think that there will also be a little bit more leniency in some of the things that I saw that was done with me, right? Um, just in terms of exposure to things and being able to kind of, you know, go out and hang out with friends, those types of things. I'm all about the idea of earning trust. And so if a child is doing things that, you know, make me to either have to tighten that leash mm -hmm. or if they're if they're showing me things where I can loosen that leash, I'm going to do, you know, whichever accordingly. I feel like I'm going to be a mixture of both. I would hope more more on the more on the old school though. Right. I, I definitely think I'm going to be a hands-on parent. <laughs> If you get my dress. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you get my dress. Yeah. I will most certainly be a hands-on parent because um needless to say, the majority of us turned out great. Fine. Yeah. Um and sometimes, you know, you need there's there are points where I, I think what people don't understand and what I think I respect so much for my parents is that I did not just get beat for no reason. Mm -hmm. There was always it was always something that I did that I knew that I shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. And, you know, and it was always after being told once or twice to 
Marcus, don't do that. Or Marcus, stop doing that. And, you know, my dumb ass kept doing it. And so, therefore, that led to getting, right, getting smacked around a right. little bit. You know, um, I definitely think there is a mixture in both. Being able to give your kids, you know, that space to be themselves and grow. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm not trying to be your friend. I'm trying right. to be your parent. Right. My job is to raise you. My job is to make sure that you have food to eat, clothes on your back, a great education, and the social skills needed to succeed in this life. Right. I don't have to be your best friend. There was a time, and being old enough and looking at this now, um, I went through a phase where I couldn't stand my parents. I couldn't mm-hmm. stand them. I didn't want to talk to them. I didn't want to be around them. Which I, I think is appropriate. This should be. But <laughs> then, you know, it was like a cycle because then I got back around to, I talk to my parents a lot more now than I did when I was younger because I understand. Yeah, you know, and because I'm older now and I've kind of been through, honey, she has lived. Okay, yeah. I've been through life a little bit. I have seen some things, and so I get it, and so I understand why they raised us the way that they did. So that's how my lifestyle, my parents. Quick question, and I just want to finish this up. Okay. We can finish this up with this last question. Do you want to be the type of parent that your child tells you everything? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Yes. Okay. And when you say everything, you mean like everything? Yeah, like yeah, like everything. Um, I would definitely have the sex talk with my child right. or kids, but you know, I mean, I don't talk to my parents about that, and yeah. so there's very I, taboo um, in our household. Yeah, for me, I don't want to know everything, but I do want there to be someone. I want there to be an adult that you do tell everything to. Yeah. So, like, for instance, like, I have a aunt that I can... Go to I probably tell everything. Yeah. Like, who knows? Probably, like, all my business. Um, yeah. And so, I, I think that that's always great to have, just to have that, that buffer in terms of, like, if there's something I really do need to know, then, then yeah. bring me into that conversation. No, I can but see But I don't know if I want to know everything that my child... I think I want them to Uh-oh. be able to want come to talk to me about anything if they have a chance. Right. But don't Same necessarily here. feel like they need to about certain... Like, some things are just kind of understood. Yeah. You like, know? I smoked weed today. Like, no, okay. I don't want to know that. Don't want to know that, yeah. Or, you know, if you're dating this girl or this guy or whatever, and y'all ended up... This was your first time or whatever... Maybe I do want to know that just to make sure that you're being responsible, make sure, you know, it was consensual, the second mm-hmm. of all, you know, just things like that. But then after that, go on about your business. Do you just don't come on with no kids. Use right, protection, right. be responsible. I raised you right. Right. That's all I got. Okay. All right. Well, this was a good combo. It was. We want to know what you think as yes. well. Let us know. Are you going to be of a more of an old school parent or of a new school parent or a combination of both? We want to know that. Let us know. Um, on our IG at Cold Pop Show. Cool. Let's get into our next segment, Fizz or Flat. Yes, give them a little fizz or flat. So this week, we are going to be talking about what happened last week at the Met Gala. Just a very quick fizz or flat session because this is going to lead into my last segment here, too. Okay. Um, off, of it, off of a conversation we had. But before we even get into that, Met Gala. The theme was um, Heavenly Bodies. Heavenly Bodies, Sunshine, Catholic, something, something. What did you think of the theme, just first off? It was fine. I thought I it think, was fine. You know, it was, it was something, it was new, mm-hmm. it was different. Um, I, what, like, they did, like, a machina, like a, like a machine theme 
I think the year before. And mm-hmm. so something that was different, creative, it's hard. Um, I would say like if I heard that theme, like it's kind of hard to think about all of the things that you could wear to get out of the just like the usual well, it requires some crucifix research. and right. you know all of those types of things. It requires some but, research. But yeah. And so the question, the first question I have for you then involving Matt Gallup was there was a big, huge conversation about whether or not this heavenly bodies theme was cultural appropriation. Hmm. And to me, religion is not a culture. It is, you know, a religion. <laughs> it stands on its own. So you hmm. can't culturally appropriate a religion, you know? I mean, it would be different if it was strictly, you know, if, if they were strictly trying to talk about, you know, the Catholic faith and stuff like that. But this was just, this is more of a, about the Catholicism style and uh, the Catholicism, how, you know, how you interpret that, not necessarily based on, you know, the principles and things like that. And besides that, the Vatican that. also sponsored the event. So Okay, well, that's good. All well and good. Great. I'm glad that they signed off. Great. Well, I mean, um, they are the cute. headquarters for Catholicism. Cute for so, them. But. Cute. I don't know if I necessarily agree with your statement. I do think that, well, number one, I think cultural appropriation um, is like, you know, kind of using or, you know, um, taking pit, bits and pieces of someone else's culture that is not your own. And I and think not I, 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 citing say, it. I, I say religion. And I think that religion is part of your culture. I think, yeah, I think religion is included. I think religion is an element of one's culture. It, it's part of what makes up people's culture. There was a time that I used to wear like this what kind of uh, cross necklace that was, it, it looked very much like a rosary. Um, I used to have a rosary, yeah. But I'm not Catholic. I don't practice it right. or whatever. And, and someone, and I did have a moment of someone like complimenting it. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you were Catholic. And I was like, oh, I'm not. And they're like, oh, but you have a rosary. I was like, child, this is for fashion. Like, mm-hmm. and like that, like that look of like, bitch, what? Um, so, in and I, I kind of use that experience to kind of put it on a larger, larger scale. When I think about some of the outfits that I saw at the Met Gala, of like you know Rihanna's Popat creation, um, the use of the crucifix, use of rosaries, those types of things. Those are elements of someone's culture and not necess- for the sole purpose of making a fashion statement. It's, it's, it's an accessory. It's a part of an outfit. And for that reason, I think it could be looked at as a, as cultural appropriation because it's not necessarily um, a nod or paying tribute or you being used in the right sense that the, the culture would have it be used for. And so 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 this is what I'm saying. I think it was paying tribute because a lot of people don't understand is that the Met Gala is always a, is a, a huge event that pays tribute to an exhibit, you know? And so this year's exhibit was about Catholicism. And so on the inside, there were all of these different outfits and things mm-hmm. like that that, you know, they were able to walk through and take a look at. And so for me, I think, you know, everyone showing up to the event and stuff like that, it was sort of a paying tribute type thing. I think the Met Gala is also a fundraiser. Yeah, I was going to say, to me, it's a fundraiser. I I think it's both. I think it's a fundraiser and, you know, there's always an exhibit and something that is displaying all of this stuff. And so when I think of cultural appropriation, like you said, I think it is a, if you're taking bits or pieces of somebody's 
culture or a lifestyle and not attributing to where it came from and just trying to claim it as your own, that's 100% culture appropriation. But in this instance, I don't necessarily think it would be because, again, there's this overall theme of, yes, we know this is about Catholicism. Yes, mm-hmm. there's this huge exhibit, you know, about, you know, all of these pieces that were on loan from the Vatican as well as, you know, that were on yeah. display. And so I think all of that kind of played into the entire theme. And so I that kind of was a miss for me on that. Yeah, like I said, I, I can see it. Um, in some cases, I can see it just based off of my own personal experience and what, you know, what have been the conversations about cultural appropriation mm-hmm. um, and the idea of people being, you know, po- poised or posed as being uh, as cultural appropriating, you know, someone's religion. The, the other piece of that is that I also see cultural appropriation as, you know, using those elements of one's culture to benefit yourself. Right. And I don't think that that was happening. Like, how are they benefiting from using Ooh. this, you know, this crucifix. This is going to bring up something else here in a moment, but before we get into that, just, so let's just, um, the last part I wanted to say about the Met Gala before we give it a fizzer flat, give me your three best looks and your three worst looks of that night. If you three best any. looks for sure. I'm going to go with my girl, Riri. Okay. Um, I loved Zendaya's Joan of Arc. Yeah. I loved Blake Lively. Mm-hmm. My girl Cardi B's outfit, but mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't a top, but I thought it was done well. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, "Oh, it's Beyonce's dress! It's Beyonce's dress!" Look, y'all, what a, both were pregnant at the time. Give them a break, okay? You already know you. If you look in the paternity section now, there's about three different silhouettes that you can wear. Oh, honey, not so anymore. there's not about three days. different ones. Um, so you know, give Cardi B a break. She tried. Okay. Um, what about worse? Our, well, you don't have to give me worse. You can okay. give me three good men as well. You give me three women. You really, have three men. I really didn't see it for a lot of the men. Um, Michael B. Jordan looked like damn uh, Beetlejuice to me, and I <laughs> wish he would have texted me. You know, he sends me pictures every day, but I wish he would have okay. sent me a photo of what he was wearing that day because I've been like, baby, you need to go back and change. Um, who is the Jonas brother? Nick Jonas. His outfit was cute. I like. It was my top. Yeah, girl. I'm sure that ain't all he is, girl. He's just top and your bottom. Um, yeah. But hold on. Who else did I like? What, why are you thinking about that? Are you over here looking? Yeah, I'm gonna cheating? go. I'm gonna go back and look because a lot of the men were not memorable they to were me. Not. My three top women were, of course, um, Rihanna, Rihanna, uh, Zendaya. I think Zendaya really did her research on this. Okay, so yeah, she looked good. good. Uh, she killed. Um, and then I've, I agree with you, Blake Lively. My honorable mention probably goes out to Mindy Kaling because she Ooh, looked pretty cute more. as well. I got one more for the ladies. For the men, I'm going Nick Jonas. Chadwick Boseman looked pretty good. I didn't like his outfit. Little all white. He was on theme. And then Jared Leto like was also on theme. Child, so, a little bit too much on theme. Right. Okay, Jared Leto acted like, like Passion of the Christ. <laughs> looked like white Jesus. Child, no, he was too much. He looked like, you know what he looked like? He looked like Alejandro. Uh, not Alejandro, but Judas from Lady Gaga's Judas, video. Judas, That's what he was giving Judas, me. Judas. Um, but those are my top three and three. So um, I have an honorable mention for the ladies okay. because I really did dick her um, look. Hold on, um, let me guess. Are you talking about Janelle Monet? Hell no. Okay. No, talking I'm about? talking about your your fave, uh, J-Lo. I really love J-Lo. No, I thought hers was really oh, basic. I loved it. No, no, I thought no, hers no. was really basic no, this time. That was, yeah, she she 
was an uh, honorable mention for me. I really mm-hmm. did like it. I wasn't feeling hers, really. I did. I thought it was very basic. Yeah. So. No, I liked it. Um, so, overall, are you giving Met Gala a... Met, Met Gala. Met. Met, Met Gala a fizz or flat? I hate you so much. I'm like the girl from uh, the AMSR, <laughs> <Yes>. the shoes. <laughs> Get out of the microphone. That is me. I hate you. So um, that's a fizz. Yeah, I have. Oh, I have the three worst. Okay. Men, Migos. One, two, and three. The damn, <laughs> right. look one, the damn two, fool. and three. Uh, those, those were the worst. And for my male that I liked, and you're not even gonna be ready for this. Not. I think his jacket could have fit a little bit better, but I love the idea. Um, Darren Chris. I remember seeing his. His jacket needed to be. He needed a little yeah. bit more cinch. I, I, I was getting ready to say. I was like, he needed yes. a little more cinch. To be, you want to tell me why you're not out here in a corset, right? With no padding. This is season ten. Yeah, like I mean. he, but he, um, he looked great. That, but that jacket, if that jacket was just brought in a right. little bit more, he would have been perfect. Okay, I'm gonna give this a fizz as well. You know, I always like the Met Gala. I think I, to me, I want. On theme, like if you're gonna show up to the Met Gala, be on theme. But don't be so literal. That's why I didn't like. Uh, well, I mean, Jared it's open Leto. to interpretation, though. So I no. mean, however you want to take it. That's why I love Zendaya so much because I don't think anybody would have ever thought to pull a Joan in the Yard costume, Art costume, and she like killed it. Yeah. So she was, she was dope. Um, my other fizzer flat goes back to the conversation we were just having because I want you to look at it from this angle now. Um, Cardi B and Azalea Banks. Getting into an argument. She's not, never will be, relevant to me. Well, the argument was that Azalea Banks called out Cardi B because she was culturally appropriating black women. Because Cardi does not identify as a black woman. Cardi identifies as a Latina. And so, therefore, Azalea was saying that Cardi is making this caricature of what a black woman is and is profiting how 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 is she making a character of what a black woman Child, is? Go read, if she's go saying, listen to the, if she's saying that she does not identify she's as black, she's bitch. Azalea said, and this is just me yeah, paraphrasing her words. Azalea said that Cardi is benefiting from black women. Not not she doesn't claiming, have a struggle. Yes, yeah, not claiming it. to be a black woman. Right. You know? And apparently, a lot of people agree with Azalea on that. And so then Cardi got into, but she she also called Cardi like the, uh, an untalented rat or something like that or whatever. And so then Cardi clapped back on Instagram in this long post, and then Azalea clapped back with a very out of the blue and very um, grammar correct <laughs> response that was what everyone agreed with. And so then after that, Cardi deleted her Instagram, made her Twitter private, and that's what's been happening. I think Azalea has made it a uh, has made a professional career out of trolling whoever is hot right now to gain notoriety for her name. You know what Azalea ben- Banks could benefit from? A hit. Put a hit, right? <laughs> so putting all of that <laughs> time that you that you spend <laughs> writing these essays over Instagram in the comment section, put that time towards actually writing a hit and making some music that people want to listen to. Okay? That's the way that you could really benefit is by changing the narrative of not being the social media troll who keeps on trying to figure out whoever's hot and keeps chipping away at them until they get a response. Mm-hmm. That's what Azalea Banks, 
I mean, she's she's edited with Cardi B. Also this week, she was edited with uh, Tiana Taylor and the whole thing with the choreographer thing. Azalea, please have a seat. And if it's not about music, I don't want to hear it. Like, I, I'm, I'm just not here for it. Like, she's been doing this now for years. Like, this is what her claim to fame is. On her Wikipedia page, people know it should say social media troll. And not rapper. Because, I, I mean, I've yet to hear any any solid music. The only Azalea Banks song that I say that I like is her new one called Anna Wintour. Child, I can't even. I, I kind of like it. It kind of goes a little bit. I haven't heard it. Um, but what are you giving this, a fizz or a flat? I'm giving Azalea Banks the flattest of the flats. Yeah. Okay? She falls flat for me in every sense of the word. I'm going to have to give this a flat, too. I think it was, she may have had some grains of a point in the argument she was trying to make, but looking at her past history and the other things that she's done in the past, you by, you know, ironically getting into arguments with black women over mm -hmm. everything and trying to demean them. It kind of makes her argument. I mean, everyone, not even just black women. Right. And I think that this whole conversation of being Latino versus being black and, you know, being able to say, you know, nigga with, you know, and not necessarily claiming that you're black, all of these things. I mean, these have been conversations that have gone on between both cultures now for quite some time. I don't necessarily know where I fall on either side of the spectrum, really, because I feel like it does switch up from person to person. Mm -hmm. um, but I, w I would agree if, I mean, Azalea Banks, she probably does have some validity if she's saying that, you know, she's, if she's trying to basically say that, you know, Cardi B is saying, you know, is using the N-word or if she's, um, you know, speaking to the idea that, um, Cardi B is now just trying to come out and say that she's, right. you know, I'm not black, I'm not black, but has, you know, kind of let that racial ambiguity, um, you know, kind of just fall under the radar for all of these years, and now she's gained some notoriety, she wants to do that, then I would say that you have some validity to your statement. But once again, because it comes from Azalea Banks, it falls on deaf ears for me. I agree, I agree. So. Okay, well, that's all I had for Fizz or Flat. Um, okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. It's like sand through the hourglass. Um, so, for the gaze of our lives this week, uh, the segment, I basically, the topic is all the places you'll go. Okay, and Dr. Seuss. Yes, come on, Dr. Seuss is, you know, all Red about fish, it. Fish. Um, <laughs> Redfish, bluefish. But... What I want to talk about today is in terms of, on this. you know, where do the gays go to meet men? Now, I have an old man, you know, I'm... I'm and please before, let me know. But <laughs> I think that this has been something that I've talked about with lots of my friends over, you know... I mean, this has been a constant topic of conversation for us. It's like, yes. you know, where where do we go? So what what brings this up is that I kind of look at my friend group right now and... You know, I am the the old married guy in the relationship uh, in in my friend group. I'm the one in the relationship. But when my friends want to go out and they want to go, you know, looking to see what guys are out and all of those things, and are looking to meet men, for us it's been a lot of the same place, mm -hmm. uh, which is you know in Chicago is Boys Town. Now I've made the argument plenty 
so many times that I don't necessarily feel like that is the number one place to go. If you're looking to meet men, I feel like you need to switch it up and there are other places to go. But I do understand like that in terms of wanting to have that environment, wanting to have that atmosphere of comfortability. And that's where a lot of gay men go. It makes sense to go there. For me, I think it's the definition of insanity. If you keep going to the same place, but you're not meeting the type of men that you really um, are looking to attract, then why do you keep going there? Right. Are you just being an optimist and hoping that, you know, you'll on this night, I'll find the love of my life. Or on this night, I'll find someone who's like actually, you know, genu- genuinely worth something. But, you know, what is that? And like, how come we, how come we're not having success in going to places like, you know, nightclubs and bars to, to meet guys. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I've struggled with this quite a bit. And you, and you know this. Um, my first my, my first thought was, okay, well, we need to go to the club. Back when I first came out, I was constantly, it was anxiety because it was like, you know, if you go to the club, it's like, you've got to meet someone. You've got to meet someone, you know, and then. By the end of the night, if you don't, you know, I would be very depressed and just very mm-hmm. like, well, damn, you know, then again, here we are. You yeah. Know, didn't meet anybody, you know. And so then I kind of started to learn, you know, I mean, when you go out, nobody, that's not what anybody's looking for. You're doing fine, sweetie. Nobody, nobody's looking for that. You know, everybody is out having a good time and normally with their friend groups. And, you know, there may be that one off where you meet somebody that's happened to me before i've met somebody a couple of times but nine times out of ten i go home alone b-i-n-g-o 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 bingo is the name oh so like that's that's the piece of it like for instance i'll go back to my birthday do you remember my birthday yes and so how i chose to go to a different club i so i told them me and my friend group i was like y'all we're not going to boys town we're going to this whole different club and, you know, unbeknownst to me at the time, there was a little bit of uproar of, like, why are we going yeah, there to was. this club? Like, we ain't going to meet nobody. Da, 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 there da, da. Was. And, like, for me, it's so <laughs> it's so weird because it's like, okay, you guys go. Like, we go all the time. And you are not necessarily pulling anything. Now, for me, you know what I told you. I Like I said, I'm also from the old school of parenting. I'm also from the old school of dating. Honey, if you want to find you a good man, you need to go to church. <laughs> you need to go to the church house. So the argument is then, because I, while I, I am totally on board with what you're saying, the thing was is that how do you expect to meet somebody if you're not surrounded by like-minded people? But that's the thing. Bingo. Hold oh, on. Once again, bingo. <laughs> let me, okay, let I'm going to let finish. you finish. Go ahead, because I'm going to just hold that. Y'all Let's heard hold it. That. Let's just hold it. I understand that, you know, in the... <laughs> I understand that in like the nightclub setting is not the most ideal spot. Stop it. I'm trying to talk. It's definitely not the most ideal spot because again, you know, there's loud music, you're there with your friends. It's very hard to have a conversation anyway. And so we had got onto the topic of, well, maybe we need to start switching it up and going to some places that are not that, you know, but are still LGBTQ oriented, but maybe in a more conversational proactive setting mm-hmm. go he done put his hair up he's ready to stop yeah i did talk. i had to put my hair in a ponytail for this one <laughs> he's ready to talk you hit the nail so on the please, head sis, when you said why this. not go to a place where we are surrounded by like-minded people 
I think we make the assumptions that when we go out, that we, you know, if we go out to a nightclub, that we're going to be surrounded by like-minded people. That's not necessarily... Well, there's different that's levels. Right. So it's not necessarily saying... It's one thing to be in a room full of gays. Right. But we all know we that all. not everyone in that in that space all is like-minded and is not oh. looking for the type of things that you are looking for. Right. You got the girls who just want to be the Cindy... What do they say? What movie is this from? The Cindy Lapa honeys. You know, they just want to have fun. <laughs> what movie is that from? Oh, I don't know, but it sounds so familiar. Oh, gosh, y'all. Comment and comment on Instagram. Or let, let me know exactly what movie that's from. You know, you got the Cindy Lapa honeys. They just want to have fun. <laughs> but you have those. There are. Okay? Yeah. And you have those people who are not necessarily looking for what you want. And then you for. have the ones that are just cruising the, for a hidden quidditch. Right, one right. Stands. Exactly. You have all of these different spots and all of these oh. different people. And so, for me... That is most definitely not the type of atmosphere because how can you expect to be successful when you have to rummage through all of that? No, we're not going to say that. Just all of those different selections. Right. Yes. Variety. How do you how do you do that? Um, that's setting you up because then you got to meet someone. You got to spend some time to really figure out exactly what they're doing. Now, you know, other things I've said, and these are other ideas I've popped out to you. Sports leagues. You know, right. you are someone who's very active. I think that you would be able to find someone who's like-minded in doing something like that. Volunteering. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've shout out, I was volunteering the other day. Shout out to uh, the Chicago uh, Black Gay Men's Caucus, um, who has an event coming up in Boys Town okay. on May 17th. Shout out. You know, I'm going to give you your shout out, Brandon. Um, but uh, there were some cuties there. So, like, I feel like you have to kind of be able to switch it up. I'm not saying don't go to the club ever, not ever. Don't don't even think just about adjust it. Throw the whole club away. Adjust your expectations, but then also switch up the type of places that you mm-hmm. are going to. And I think that that needs to be one of the things that we as a community start to do is start embracing other areas to frequent. Because as we become more and more comfortable, and as we start to normalize um, exactly what gays, what gay culture is. You know, we can, we have the opportunity and, and the space to, I don't want to say take over um, other other environments, but to be comfortable in those environments mm-hmm. and meeting someone and not necessarily feel like we have to be, you know, apologetic or quiet or hidden about that. And that just brings up another topic that it's just so hard to meet people these days. It's so hard to meet someone on a romantic level. And you know why that is. You know, and I think, right. Well, I mean, number one, social media. Number two, all of these damn apps. Apps. I feel like apps have have gotten us to a complacency of where we don't have to go out and meet them. Right, because you can just get on your phone, chat somebody up, and let that be that. You know, I've had so many... And this will be to come in another segment that I'm going to entitle Absolutely. But like we're going to talk about that. But I've had so many different um, interactions with people who, number one, are only on Absolutely. They just want to chat. They never want to meet up. They never Mm. want to like try to get to know you. They never want to do anything like that. They just just endless chatting on there. Miss me with that. Right. Then you have the people who... You know, or cut right to the chase. I was like, "Oh, um, what? If, what? These Chicago boys? What do they say? What you want, or whatever?" And I'm like, "Oh, honey, it's they say bugs everywhere. The hell, I've never heard that Child, until I've been on the Chicago. West Coast. You probably done heard just what up, dude? That's where you go at. <laughs> I've they never say heard everywhere. that, but Chicago. That's all they say in Chicago is, and they don't even spell it out. It's just the W Y O. 
W Y L. And I'm like, now, if you would have said like, "What up, Joe?" But right, I, like, well, the first time I heard it, I was like, "What is that? What does that mean?" Mm-hmm. And then they try to make it sound like that I was the crazy one. They're like, "What you on?" Like question mark. Yeah. I was. I, it really bugged me. And then you have people who just. I don't. It's just. It's very. It's very convoluted. But it's hard to meet people. It's hard to meet to people with these apps because people aren't necessarily leaving the comforts of their home, or they're not. You know, they feel comfortable with that that app as their gateway to meet whatever it is that they're trying to hope, right. whatever it is that they're trying to get. Now, I'm not saying that you can't find a relationship from an app. I'm not saying that. I think that that happens all the time. Online dating, all of those things. Um, it's possible to find something meaningful. I but, think what I was trying to say earlier too was just the fact that I caught myself begging people, like begging people to try to hang oh, out, no. and that's not cute at all. Who is she? Not cute at all. I know that's when I cute. when I say begging, I mean it's a constant. Well, oh well, maybe we should do something, and then they'll be like, yeah, and like that'll be that, and then it's like, oh, okay, well, when are you free? Oh, well, I've got stuff to do this week, but maybe yeah, no. next week. Okay, well, why don't we do something? Sure. Yeah, no. Honey. So That's... are we going to, you know, it was just yeah, things no. like that. And it just, it comes off as, okay, well, now I'm sitting here, you know, I've made it very clear that I'm open to doing something. And like, you're not committing to, number one, you're not committing to any plans. Number two, you don't sound very interested at right. all. And number three, like, Shut it down. You know, Child. if you're not interested, then shut it down. Yeah, let it you go. feel like you got to keep moving the conversation yeah, along. Let it You go. need to move along. Yes, I agree. So. That's what I wanted to say. Sorry to cut you off. But yeah, but no, I'm just saying like where we can we can have that, that opportunity to be um, in those spaces. But in terms of the places that we'll go to meet men, honey, all the places that you'll go, Chad, you'll be and spend all kind of money on Long Island, Blue Long Island iced teas and ciders and and all of that stuff in hopes of trying to find something to, to connect with. And then go home with nothing but a bill. But let me tell you something. Jesus is free. And you can go <laughs> straight to the church house and find you a good man. Just really quick, too. The other question I have, when you when, you know, when we go to the other spaces, if they are not solely gay events, it is hard for me to try to even tell if who's gay and who's not. Hmm. It's hard. You know, sometimes I get mistaken i was mistaken the other day actually and they were having a conversation and like oh yeah we saw you were on this short film it was actually i was coming home from my short film and i was having a conversation with one of the guys that was there and he was like yeah i saw that you did this um piece called gay husbands of san francisco I was like yeah it was pretty funny he's like yeah i was looking at those photos and you looked really uncomfortable and i was like oh that's interesting i was like i think it was just a character and he was like yeah i was really nervous for you and i was like oh well Fun fact, um, I was actually very comfortable. I'm gay, too. And he was, really? He was just, like, mind-blown. And I was, Child, like... Child, mind-blown. Yeah. I, I wasn't mind-blown. Boy. I ain't been mind-blown since 2008. Oh, <laughs> But I, I, my, the problem is, or not even the problem, but just the concern is, how do you tell? Like, how do you... I, I'm... I feel like my gaydar is getting better, but I am still in the They'll get better. Help. And at, at, at the end of the day, I need help. kiss him on his neck and see you know, <laughs> what happens. I have a crush on so many straight men. No, but I think, you know, like I said, and I think, unhealthy. you know, some of those things will, some of those things will come to fruition. I think if you, for someone as yourself who is new, like meeting people should be the, meeting people should just be the focus. And then, right. 
um, if they are, if they happen to be gay, then it's like, oh. Drive and roll up the partition, oh, please. Here she go. Here she go. But yeah. I just hear y'all say But what do you think? We want to know exactly what you think in terms of um, the places that we go to meet men and exactly, you know, do you see the benefits of going out and, you know, doing the club scene or um, have you switched it up within your friend group and had some success? We want to know. Yes, that's a good question. All right, on to our last segment. I actually decided to keep your segment from last. <coughs> Excuse me. From <coughs> I'm choking here. Talk for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Marcus <coughs> is over here choking. Okay. Um, on his words. No, because... I actually decided to keep... Because, <laughs> look, Excuse we me. already... Look, you see that. You see that's mm-hmm. the devil. That's the devil coming out right there. But um, the segment that he's about to bring up, Jesus is trying to stop him from doing that. And that's exactly <laughs> what's happening and right was, now. And y'all was you know saying, tap Mary, your Get some of this holy chest. water here. She said, let tap me. your chest a little bit. <clears throat> to get in the spirit. Let me get, look, I'm giving him some cold Would you stop with these here. sound effects? Get I don't want this nasty old pop. Get some to I don't want clear your palate. I got water. Okay, so I decided to keep the segment How Come from last mm. week because we got into a conversation post-Met Gala. And no. I just want to know... How come people always compare Beyonce and Rihanna? The reason why we got on this is because Beyonce did not show up to the Met Gala. And I may have had a comment that said, do you think it was because she thought that she was going to overshine or overshadow Rihanna because Rihanna was the co-chair? And so she decided not to go. Obviously, they've been there together in years past, but... Mm -hmm. Why do people always compare? How come people always they compare, compare them? them? It's pretty easy. They compare them because <clears throat> they are the top two women. They're the we top live in two a women. Beyonce, Rihanna world. Yes, they are the top two women in the music industry right now. Okay, and like to be honest, they they pretty much are playing on the same team. Like they, I feel like they um, the two successful black women. They are two successful R&D. black women, and they you know they cross kind over. Of, they work together. I don't like. I've never run into a, a Beyonce Rihanna like. Collision, I don't think, no, um, or anything They've like that. They've never like been on a song together, either. So, yeah, so like, I don't, I think that they just operate in their two different spaces, and they're like, hey, you over here rocking it out, I'm over here rocking it out. So, I think for that reason, they are always compared just because they they are the quote unquote blueprints of half right. of you know, female stardom. And so, I decide, you know, me being messy, me being the messy person that I am, I decided to take this question to the interwebs and social media and do a poll. And so I was asking everyone on Instagram and Twitter to vote if you had the opportunity to interview Beyonce or Rihanna, who would you choose? Knowing what you know about each of the artists, like your own information and history that you know about each of those artists, excuse me, who would you interview and why? Mm-hmm. Now, before I give the results of those polls, let's have this little conversation between us ourselves. Obviously, we already know who you're going to choose. Of course. I'm going to choose Beyonce. Right. I'm going to mm-hmm. choose Beyonce for a number of reasons. And please name um, I am from the idea of the, um, you know, I like master classes. Mm-hmm. I like to see someone who has, um, I feel like I would be able to take more from our conversation with Beyonce in terms of um, how she's been able to build this space for herself, mm-hmm. um, which I, I mean I would call it untouchable. She's she's 
pretty much untouchable in the game. Like, there's no she's one. She's in an air of her own. There, yeah, like, there's no one fire. that mm-hmm. is coming um, close to, to what Baby Girl is doing. I mean, like I said, Rihanna is, uh, you know, doing things in her own right, but it's not, it's not yet on the level of a Beyonce. So... I was I really really thought about this and I thought about this from a journalistic standpoint and I ended up choosing Rihanna and here's okay. my reason why um number 1 I you know I number I tried to do like a list and so I tried to comp- as we compare um and go kind of tit for tat on who has what and who has done what and everything and you know I I came up with a um a trend a thing that always happens you know they always both do something big in the same year, like whether it's announcing a tour or announcing a makeup line or announcing a new album or breaking a record on the top 100. You know, mm-hmm. like Rihanna, they kind of counterbalance each other in that aspect. And so it was very interesting that, um, to be honest, when you think of Beyonce and interviewing you don't know much about her. She's a very private person mm-hmm. and she has very, very already prepared answers. And so I'm not quite sure how much I'm going to get out of her. And that master class, you know, she may like say a couple of things and I don't think she's going to give you the detail that or give me the detail that I'm looking for. Um, but I will say that Beyonce is like one of the best who's ever done it. You know what I mean? To be able to put out anything and people just eat it up, yeah. you know, the eat it up, you're lovely, you're beautiful, you look like a Linda Evangelista, <laughs> did, did you sell those tights, you yeah. know, they eat her up, you know, but when it comes to Rihanna, I think I'm going to get more out of that interview, because number one, Rihanna has a personality that is very visible, you know, she um, is funny, she's fun, and she is just, in my opinion, she's just as much of a businesswoman as Beyonce is. Um, and this is just talking visibility because if we're comparing careers musically, Rihanna has the better career than Beyonce. She has more number ones, but and more records and more mm-hmm. albums and more you know all of that stuff. But when it comes to more albums, yeah, she has more albums than Beyonce. Rihanna's put out an album every year that she's. Are we just been, saying Beyonce is a solo artist? Are we saying are we not as counting? a solo artist? We're not counting okay. Destiny's Child. We're not mm-hmm. counting Destiny's Child. Okay. But I mean, Whatever. but again, I, that well, even with Destiny's Child only had three albums, Whatever. so three albums plus what Beyonce's other three albums—that's oh, still six. Beyonce's had, had more than three albums. Though, she's right? had four. Yeah, she's had no. She's had more than that. She's no, had, she had, had Beyonce. What well, the first one, Dangerously in Love. Mm-hmm. Then she had they. What was the uh, B Day? And then she had the self-titled Beyonce. Mm-hmm. No, she, she had, had I Am Sasha Fierce. She had I Am Sasha Fierce. Then she... the self-titled Beyonce, and then no, Lene. before that there was four. What was four? Oh, four. four. Yeah. She, she Look, did. So baby, let's so what go is that? back. Five. Let's get it together for you want to read. <laughs> no, there's like, no reading. No, I'm really trying to be I'm serious. Saying, yeah, like because Rihanna's had, had at least eight or nine. But you know what? And my girl B said something, and this is you know I'm not good, and this is no shade. This is no, no, tea, no shade. shade. But no this pink, is, lim- but you know, pink lemonade. But there are artists who make music for the radio. Oh, absolutely. And um, Rihanna, Rihanna is that and girl. And there are artists who create timeless, who create timeless pieces. Okay. Um, that will go back for ye- for years on end. Um, okay. 
I mean, I've been listening to Crazy in Love for what? years. Well, those are timeless songs, not timeless yeah. albums. I'm, well, I'm, I'm timeless okay. pieces, timeless songs. Timeless like, records. Yeah, timeless, timeless let's say timeless albums. music. Okay. okay. Yeah, timeless right. music. Let's be clear. So let's do that. <laughs> timeless music. So there are people that will create, you know, just songs for the radio, what's hot right now. And then there are people that will create actually timeless music. And like I said, this is no shade to anyone. I think with you, with the Rihanna interview, you're going to get more sound bites. Yes. You're going to get more things. Because Rihanna, because, you know, Rihanna, but Rihanna has, you know, she is funny. She's going to, you know, she's going to be very candid. She's going to, you're going to get those things that you're going to be able to pull out, those headlines that you're going to be able to pull out in those moments. But I think for me, in terms of getting, um, like really like substantial um uh, what do i want to say a substantial lesson um i think it's going to be beyonce interesting so to wrap this all up um i did so i did these polls on instagram and twitter and let me just kind of take you through this when i started the poll on instagram it was heavily in favor of rihanna but by the end of the poll by the time the poll ended beyonce won 60 to 30 yeah, honey, because the the real people had to now. <laughs> oh, you were so I was shady. About to be so you were so shady. God, but you know what? God caught me. But now on Twitter, it was start. The poll was a twenty four hour poll. It started out a very heavy Beyonce, like eighty twenty. By the time it was poll, by the time the poll was ended, it was fifty fifty. Mm. So I think this is not a it's not clear cut and it's not there to me there's no wrong answer because when it comes to both of these ladies they both have very historic careers and they both have the the presence to where they could go away for a couple of years come back and still be hot Mm -hmm. well what did beyonce say you know i leave come back fuck it up put something out leave then come back fuck it up again you know that they both have that type of career now and you that cannot be said about a lot of these artists out here because if you're not putting that music out on a rotation maybe one minute you're in the next minute you're out so that's my thought on that i just thought it was very (laughs) funny that we had got we had gotten this conversation i was like well let's take this to the streets you know let's hear what the people have to say and you know it's very even very even keel, even Steven on that. So people like Beyonce and Rihanna just them almost as equally. And people had their own valid reasons for either or other, either or. So Yeah. Now what do you guys think? If you had the option, who would you rather um who interview. Would you rather interview? Beyonce or Rihanna? Um I think, you know, largely in the idea of of this, um they do get put into, they do get compared a lot, mm-hmm. I think, because in our culture, they're in the black can, culture, there has to be one. Right. Who is be the, one? the one? Like, that is what we want mm-hmm. to know. And, you know, it's always, it's, you know, it's from this idea of, you know, there can only, you know, there's always it's the a black best. mentality. You know, mm-hmm. there can always be one. Yeah, you know, there can't who's be the two. one? Yeah. And so, you know, two queens who rule, like, there's all we we have to know who's who's got more clout, and I think Beyonce and Rihanna have done a very good job of saying that there can be. They they've done a very good job of creating their own space that's both at the top and both mm-hmm. very successful and both doing you know 
historic and you know record-breaking things yeah so so okay <laughs> all right interesting very interesting as well yeah i agree um that's all i've got you know pull okay. this pull this back up on your shoulders i'm trying to have this drop off the shoulder yeah i give him a little shoulder arm. take it right back trent has got the arms out today honey, honey let me tell you this whole 30s got your boy he'll right. looking cinched snatched yes. and all in honey, between so, whole 30 has got me right you are trying to get your body ready for the summer I highly recommend the whole thing. Child, you didn't think they was paying you. Yeah, honey. <laughs> I'm going to have to get a book deal. You're to get a deal. Yeah. Sign him up. Sponsor. So. Like Tiffany Haddish and these uh, Groupon. Child, yes. So. All right. So that's about it for us. Let's yeah. get out of here. So that's, yeah, that's it. So we do want to know what you guys think about the topics today as well as, you, as well as what you think about our podcast. We love your feedback. Please let us know. Yes. Leave us a review. Um, rate us. Rate, comment, subscribe. And also share with a friend. Yes. Share with a friend. This is now, what, episode four. And so we're moving right along into the summer. We're really excited to see where this goes. And hopefully you'll be joining us for the ride. And don't forget to follow us on all of our social media. You can follow us whole pop show on instagram we'll be posting some more new content and things up on there as soon as we kind of get some ideas of what it is we want to do with that and don't forget to follow us on our own personal social media accounts you can follow me on instagram and twitter at marcus drew steel with the e on the end follow me on instagram child don't don't try to hit me up on twitter i'm not gonna listen like i said five to seven business days for twitter responses but you can hit me up on ig slide right into those dms at trenton rashad and quickly, in five words, what's the moral? What did you learn from this episode? Um, I'm old. That I'm old. I would agree. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an old man. I, I like. I mean, I'm a, from the old school way of raising kids. I want to meet. I want to meet my men the old fashioned way. Um, what did I learn? Where's the men's at? Okay, that's what I want to know. Where can I get out of the club? And into something professional, philanthropic, and life changing. Yeah, I'll stick with me. I'll still okay. That's what I want to So, all right. That's all I have. Let's get out of here. All right. Thank you guys for watching Cold Pop. Tune in next week. Bye. Bye.